So holding by Shmuel Beis, Parak Yidalev, Pasuk Yidbeis, learning tonight should be a schos elonish master b'chiyom echol ben Asher and yecheskel shraga ben Avram Yehuda as well as a schos for fulshlema from Moshe ben Miriam. So we learned previously that David commands Uriah to go home and be with his wife to cover up the fact that Bathsheba was pregnant by David, but Uriah refuses and he spends the night in the king's palace. So the next day, David again urges Uriah to go home, and again Uriah disobeys, and this time he swears on the life of David. He makes a shvua that he will not go home. It, he feels it's inappropriate for him to go home and enjoy himself while the rest of the army is fighting a battle. So, Pasuk Yedbeis, Vayemer David al-Uriah, so David says to Uriah, fine, Shev Bezeg Gamayim, remain here for the rest of today, Umbachar Ashalechacha, and then tomorrow I will send you back to the battlefront. Uriah remained in Yerushalayim on that day and the next. So David summons him to eat with him and he gives him to drink and he gets drunk, again hoping that this will lead to Uriah going home. But again, Uriah in the evening goes to lie down together with the servants of the king. He remains in the palace. He doesn't go home. So Malbim explains that David thought that the reason why Uriah doesn't want to go home, the reason why he's remaining in the palace is he feels like he's abandoning his brethren who are fighting in the battle. He doesn't want to uh, abandon them and so there, and enjoy himself. And so therefore, David says, you know what, I'll promise him he's going back. This way he won't feel like he's abandoning them. He knows he's going to return to the battlefront. And therefore, maybe now his resolve will be weakened a little and he'll feel okay going home. And basically his conscience will be eased, but that doesn't help either. So the Abarbanel says that David also tries to wine and dine Uriah in the palace, hoping again that this would weaken Uriah's resolve, and he would go home to Bathsheba. And even when he gets Uriah drunk to dull Uriah's senses and make Uriah forget about his shvua, that also fails. Uriah, despite all this, remains in Yerushalayim, and he does not go home. So Pasuk Yedalit, finally, David decides that he's going to have Uriah put to death. So Vayiva Boiker was in the morning, Vayichtav David Sefer al David sends a letter to Yoyah, and he dispatches it in the hand of Uriah. So the message that David is going to tell Yoyah to have Uriah killed is given to Uriah to give over, and the Abarbanel says, you see here a testimony to Uriah's honesty that David trusted him with a letter that he wouldn't read it on his way to the battlefront, the fact that he gave over the command itself into Uriah's hands. So Pasuk says, he wrote the following in the letter, Havu es Uriah mul I want you to put Uriah in the front where the fighting is fiercest. Then I want you to withdraw and leave him there, Vinika Vamace, and he'll be killed and he'll be hit. Some one of the enemy will strike him, Vamace, and in that way he will die. Now when someone is a Murad Vamachas, really the king has the ability to decide whether or not he wants to punish him with death. And up to now, David tried to avoid doing so. Even when Uriah refused, uh David decided tried to avoid it, but at the end of the day, when Uriah sh- swore that he would not go and he failed to go home, David decided that he would have Uriah executed for being a rebel. Even now, he's not going to execute Uriah outright. Instead, he's going to order Yoav to put him in the front, in the battlefront, where his life would be in danger. The article brings down a couple of pshatim. Why didn't David execute him outright? So one shot that they bring down is because it's possible that David respected Uriah and he didn't want him to die as a rebel, which would be a disgrace to him and his reputation would be um, shamed, but rather he wants to have him die as a hero on the battlefield. Uh, another shot the article brings down is that it's possible that David didn't want to execute Uriah outright, but rather put his, his fate, leave it up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to decide, because even, a, 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 even to leave him alone, uh, exposed to great danger, a, a skilled 
a soldier or a warrior is not necessarily die in such a situation, and so therefore David felt he would leave it up to Hashem to decide Uriah's ultimate fate. Malbim gives his own reason why David did not execute Uriah directly, because he felt that it would have uh, been inappropriate for David to then marry Bathsheba afterwards, after executing her husband. That would look inappropriate for David to do. What's interesting here is, this ties back into something we learned by the last year. Rashi here says, consistent with his pshat in the Gemara and Shabbos, where Rashi learned that it was a Getlam Afreya, Rashi says the reason why he wanted him to be killed is so that it would come out he would, that the get would be chalam afreya, meaning that Bathsheba would be divorced from Uriah lamafreya by Uri, Uriah being killed. Um, and um, that works if you learn that the get that David's soldiers gave to their wives was a get al tonight, which again, going back to last year, we learned that that was the pshat in Rashi, which Toysavis disagreed with. So Rashi, consistent with the pshat, says that was David's cheshbin here. Having Uriah killed makes Bathsheba a unmarried woman at the time that David lived with her. Michal Katana proposes his own shot. He says it's possible that when Yoav receives the letter, and Uri is the one that's delivering the letter, and obviously the letter says that Uri is to be put at the battlefront, it could be that Yoav thought that Uriah is Chayav Misa, but Uriah begged the king, please don't put me to death, but rather let me die in battle in order that, again, my reputation not be sullied. And it's possible, therefore, that Yoav thought he was not only doing the word of the king, but he was doing the wishes of Uriah too, since Uriah was the one who delivered the letter. So, therefore, Yoyov goes along with it. That's an interesting pshat brought by the Mecha Ketana. Now, the Medrash tells us something very interesting about this letter. The Medrash says that Yoyah, that, that David tells Shlaimai to punish Yoyah for what he did. The Lashon Deerance, Malachim Aleph, Perik Beis, Pasukei, V'gamati Yadate, Sashur Asali Yoyav Ben You know what Yoyav did to me, Right? And oh, so, so the Medrash says, what did Yoyav do specifically to David? We know he did things to Avner, to Asoyal. I'm sorry, not Asoyal. Asoyal was his brother, to Amasa. Um, but what is it that Yoyav did directly to David? So the Medrash says that what happens is Yoyav carries out this plan. He puts Uriah in the fiercest fighting, and Uriah is ultimately surrounded by the Plishtim. Yoyav withdraws, and he's killed. Now, the, the Pasuk tells us later on in Perich of Gimel that Uriah was one of the 37 mightiest warriors on the battlefield. So you can imagine one of their greatest warriors is suddenly abandoned on the battlefield and killed. So you can imagine the soldiers, especially the leaders, came forward and they had Tainus and Yoyav. Why did you do this? So the Medrash says that Yoyav shows them the letter from David and to basically to get the blame off of him and put it on David. So the Medrash says that Yoyav betrays David by showing his letter which obviously was not intended for anyone else to save his own skin and for that reason that's one of the reasons that David uh, tells Shlaim uh, to take revenge against Yoyav